0: everybody. Morning. How are you all? Okay. Brilliant. Okay. This is my Mother's Day card today. Mum, no matter what life throws at you, at least you don't have ugly children. (laughs) Isn't that great? Thank you. So happy day, everyone. Um, I wonder if you could turn with me to John 6. We're going to be looking at John 6, uh, verse 16, and um, I'm just going to read it to you. Uh, This comes straight after the feeding of the 5,000, and this is what happens. When evening came, his disciples, that's Jesus' disciples, went down to the lake, and they got into a boat, and they set off across the lake for Capernaum. By now it was dark and Jesus had not yet joined them. And a strong wind was blowing and the waves grew rough. And when they had rowed three or four and uh, four um, three and a half miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on the water. And they were terrified. And he said to them, It is I, don't be afraid and they were immediately and then they immediate and then they were willing to take him into the boat and immediately the boat reached the shore where they were heading now um that's uh what john tells us about that story, but Mark tells us a little bit more about that story. So I wonder if you could turn with me to Mark 6, and I'm just going to read from there as well. So it's basically the same. It's um, the feeding of the 5,000, and then it says this, uh, Mark 6, um, 45. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to Bethsaida while he dismissed the crowd. And after leaving them, he went on a mountainside to pray. And when evening came, the boat was in the middle of the lake and he was alone on land. And he saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. About the fourth watch of the night, he went out to them, walking on the lake. He was about to pass by them. But when he saw them walking... On the lake, they thought he was a ghost and they cried out because they all saw him and were terrified. Immediately he spoke to them and said, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. And then he climbed into the boat with them, and the wind died down, and they were completely amazed, for they had not understood about the loaves. Their hearts were hardened. Okay, so we have this amazing story of Jesus walking on the water. In John, we have this story about Jesus walking on the water, and then we have this whole little bit afterwards where he talks about the bread and how he's the real bread. And there's this whole thing going on in John that where Jesus is talking to his disciples. Nobody really seems to say, "Hey Jesus, how did you walk on the water? <laughs> they talk about bread and they talk about how he is the real bread. And so we have this amazing story of Jesus walking on the water. Now, there are two things, right, that, I want to, that I've that i asked the question of. Uh, the first one is this. When I looked in Mark, the first question I thought was this. Uh, it says, they were completely amazed for they had not understood about the loaves That, I presume, is the loaves and the fishes, okay, from the feeding of the 5,000, which had been that day that that had happened, and their hearts were hardened. What hadn't they understood about the loaves? Why were their hearts... Hard. What hadn't they understood? They had been at this amazing miracle where five thousand people had been fed miraculously from loaves and fishes. What hadn't they understood about this? What was going on in them? The other thing I find really intriguing about this passage in Mark is when he said um, he was about to pass them by. What? What does that mean? He was about, so Jesus, we have the disciples on a boat. They're going across to visit another place. And then we have Jesus who sorts out all the people left from the feeding of the 5,000. Then he decides that he's going to go from one side to the other and he walks there, right? But it says he wasn't intending on stopping by with them. What was it? He was intending on just carrying on walking. Why? Why? Why does it say that? What about the loaves? And why is Jesus on the water intending on walking by? What's going on in this story? And I think what I find absolutely intriguing is this. We have Jesus who has done this amazing miracle with his disciples. So he prayed for the bread and the fish to be multiplied. But I want to ask you this question. In whose hands were the bread and fish multiplied? In whose hands did that happen that day? In his disciples' hands. It was the disciples who handed the bread and the fish out that day and it was in their hands that god chose to do a miracle it was in the disciples hands that god said i will provide through their hands then we have them here on the boat they've obviously not understood something about what happened that day. They're hardened. Their hearts are hardened. What haven't they understood about the loaves? I'd like to suggest to you that they haven't understood that it was in their hands that those loaves and fishes had been multiplied. It was in their hands that God, that Jesus had given the authority to see a miraculous provision. And here we have them in a boat, scared stiff because the wind and the waves are going, scared and terrified. And what have they not understood? that they had the authority to stand up in that boat and to say, calm down, wind and waves. They had the authority and they had not understood it. They had seen a miracle, the most amazing miracle, and yet in the storm, the very night that that had happened, they could not grasp the authority that God had put in their hands. And he said... They, they haven't understood it because of the loads. That's why Jesus was going to walk by because Jesus was like thinking, I've provided everything you need for this storm. Everything that you need, I've given you. I've given you the authority. I've given you everything you need. You don't, I, I'm, I'm happy walking on by. And yet they hadn't understood. They needed Jesus to come and steal those waves and get into that boat. So I've been thinking about this. Been thinking, wow, what are the things that God has provided that we don't recognise? What are the things that are in our hands? I suppose we've been thinking, haven't we, very much these last two weeks. We had last week where Jason Upton came and he spoke to us on fear. And let the fear be gone. And he spoke to us about stepping out and about not being afraid. The week before we had looking at what we have in our hands. What do we have in our hands? And what do we have in our hands that we don't recognise, that we don't see, that we are not getting? Are there lessons that we here today are just not getting? Just like those disciples in that boat who had access, complete access to say, and authority to say, "'Calm down, wind and waves.'" They didn't take that. What have we got access to? I got a new phone. This is why I needed my phone. I got a new phone the other day. Okay, if anyone has a phone, an iPhone like this, you will know that there are many things that you can access on this iPhone. I can access my emails. I can access Facebook if I'd like to. There's a clock. There's Sky News. There's texting. There's, there's a whole realm of things that I can access on this iPhone. And if you've got an iPhone, any anyone can access it do you do you see what I mean? So if I said to you, well, I can't get my emails. I've never had an email before on my phone. You'd say to me, well, you can if you access it. If it's there. It's in the phone. It's in your hand, Becca. It's just a question of, are you going to access what's on the phone? Do you, so um, you can't say texting. You can't do texting. I've never done it before, you may say. I don't know how to do that. Well, you, yes, you can. If you've been given an iPhone, you can text. You just need to access that facility. Download an app. You need to access that. I was thinking about things like CPR, right? Everybody, probably most people in this room, if they needed to, could do CPR on somebody. Uh, Or they have the capacity or the ability to do it if you chose to, So if you want to learn CPR, most of us in this room could. We would just have to go on a course and learn it. But we could access that in us if we wanted to. Do you you see what I mean? Uh, we We could say to ourselves, we would love to have a garden full of sunflowers. And we can dream about it and sit there and think about it. But we all know that what do you have to do? You go and buy the sunflower seeds and put them in the garden and plant them and watch them grow. But you have access to that. It's, the, the question is, do you want to access that? But it's been given to you and so so has the authority that God has for you and me. It has been given to us. Everything we need, God has provided. But the question for me is, am I going to access that? Am I going to take what he has given me and use that? That's my question. Do you know what? Each one of us in this room has the capacity and the authority to pray and move mountains for, this, for our own lives and for this community. We have the authority to do that. But are we going to access that? Are we going to take that? Are we going to say, yes, I'm going to do that? Everyone here in the room has the authority to pray for somebody and see them healed. Every single one. There isn't somebody that hasn't got that. We all have that. But the question is not whether we have it, or the question is am I going to access am I going to use what God has put in my hands? Because it changes the world, you see. Your bold thought, your bold prayer, your boldness changes lives. We have the authority to change lives, to change communities. To change families. It's in our hands. It's, it's with us. Okay, I had a most, um, ah, it was a terrible thing that happened about two weeks ago. Um, Tim and I were walking um, up Shanktonbury. We often walk, it's in half term. We often walk together and we pray together. And it's that's the place that we go to where we uh, know God very closely. And we were walking and we were just about near the top of the hill. And there was a gravel path just before you get to the top. And I saw we saw ahead of us, there was a man lying on the floor and a lady above him. And uh, we were the first ones to the scene. And so. Tim immediately, we saw immediately that there was something not good happening here and uh, he was very, very poorly the man who was lying on the floor and I established that he was, um, that they were wife and husband and that he walked up the hill and that he was having breathing difficulties and uh, Tim immediately went and phoned for the ambulance and uh, he, we were up in Shankton so he knew all of the access points because we are miles away from anywhere we are miles away from roads and uh, uh, so Tim knows the places that you access because of course of the big church day out he's been so involved in that so he phones and he's uh, getting people to help and uh, I'm down on my hands and knees and there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of blood and uh, he, I can see that he is go- he's going He's dying. And uh, I'm with the wife, and I'm reassuring the wife, and I'm trying to, uh, you know, talk to him. I'm saying, it's okay, we're going to get an ambulance. It's going to be all right. Please uh, hang on in there. And at the same time, I am actually... Um, I'm talking to the lady and I'm actually saying, God, I need you to help us right now. Please come. Please come, God, by your spirit and help us right now. And I'm actually saying it. Uh, I mean, I was, I was just saying it. God, please come. Please come and save this man. Come, please, God. And then I'm saying to, her, and we're talking and, uh, then, um, he, he dies and I can see that he's gone and I, and I say to the, wife, he's gone. And she said, I know he's gone. I don't want you to do... Uh, I know he's gone. I know he's gone. And I said, I'm a church minister, and I'm just going to pray right now. And so at that point, I just prayed for us. And I can't really remember what I prayed, if I'm honest, but um, I prayed. And then I looked behind me, and I said, um, is anyone there was a lady behind me and tim was on the phone calling and talking to the ambulance people and i said is there anybody who can who can do any better than me right now because i felt pretty helpless to be honest and uh, they said no no we can't and then suddenly somebody saw that there was uh, a couple up um, just beyond us and they were flight attendants for Virgin and so they came and they immediately started CPR on the man and um, uh, we stood and I stood with a wife and it was the longest time of my life really but or our lives Tim and I and then the ambulance eventually came at about, in about 20 minutes and he was pronounced dead and uh I stood with the wife and we talked together and um it was such a shocking experience to be honest and uh this is what I learned these are what well I learned a lot to be honest but uh As I was standing there, I just knew that instinctively, at that minute, what was in me came out of me instinctively there was no way of thinking there was no way of thinking i should do this i should do this i should do that i just instinctively did what was in me the habits that i have formed the things that had been in me since i was a child came out of me now i don't say that they were both good things and and things that i felt i lacked in do you, both of those things came out at that point but i knew that at that moment what was in me and had been in me for years was what came out of me and do you know what i want to be somebody that and i want to be somebody that reacts with total faith in those moments and not with fear i want my instinct always to be faith and not fear. You know, we're surrounded by fear all the time. We're surrounded by it in this culture. We're surrounded by it on the news every day. We hear about being fearful. We hear about um, Ebola and uh, we hear about the wars that are happening and the terrible atrocities that happen around the world. And sometimes they can breed in us fear. But do you know what? We are God's people and we need to be people of faith People where our culture, our very instinct, the very thing that comes out of us in the worst hour of our lives is faith. Because that's what we've learned. Because that's what we've done day in, day out. Because that's what we're saturated in. But that is what comes out of us. We had the most amazing time at a conference, Joe and I, last week. Uh, it was a pioneer conference and there were a couple of people that talked. They came. Their names were Sarah and Julian Richards and they came from Swansea and they were leaders there and they talked about how God was doing amazing healings in their town, in their church, and they told story after story after story after story of the amazing healings that were happening. And it was so inspirational because I hear about healings from other countries and I hear about healings from, from America, but you don't often hear that this is happening here. In the UK, where we live, where we are, there are people being healed in an amazing way. And they started talking about what a culture of faith looks like in your church. You see, we all have a character and our characters individually are built up of the habits that we form and the things that we believe and the things that we saturate our lives in. That's how we form our characters. And also we can choose in many ways. If I want to become more godly in my character, I choose to read my Bible more. I choose to pray more. I choose to be in that place more where I can grow more with God. We can form our characters. And that is the same in our church. We have a character as a church. It is who we are, our culture as a church. But if we want to have a culture that is faith-based, that is faithful then we have to look at what are our habits? What are the things that we have put in our lives? What are the things as a church that we do? Because I am... I want to see faith grow in this church. I want to see faith grow in me. I don't want to stay where I am right now. I want to grow in my faith. And they were talking about how do you grow in your faith? Do you know what? He, they talked a lot about testimony and about sharing stories. That helps you grow in your faith. But also what helps you grow in your faith is seeing little things happen. Seeing, stepping out in those little things. The ankle that that, that you've hurt, that you pray for. the The... I that her, the eye that is got conjunctivitis, the little things that what they 're starting to see is that they pray for the little things, and the little things start to get healed, and so there continues to be a growth of faith in them, so through seeing some of these little things happen, they are starting to grow in their faith so often somebody has a life threatening illness in our midst, and how do we respond? we respond by praying, we get around them. But so often, because we haven't learned about the little things of faith, we respond in fear, really. Desperation. I know we're praying. I understand that we're praying, but we're praying out of a fear sometimes, not out of faith. Because we haven't learned about what faith is. We didn't learn about the things that are little that happen and build our faith. And so... My prayer is that we take every opportunity to access what God has put inside of us. That when we have somebody in front of us at work or wherever they may be who is not well, we pray. It is our habit that we will always pray, that we will always ask for healing. It is our habits that we will will act in faith with our money. It is our habit that we will act in faith with our children and our prayer life, that we will grow. How do you grow? How do you access it? You just have to do it. You just have to do it. There isn't any other way. We can't just sit here and say, we want sunflowers in our garden. We have to go out and get those sunflowers and plant the seeds and watch them grow. We can't just say we want faith here and we want to see miracles happen. If we are not prepared to actually Day in, day out, pray for the sick. Do you, do you know what I mean? So, um, I mean, we just, uh, I, 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 they reminded us of Jairus' daughter, when Jairus' daughter was healed. What Jesus did was, there were loads of mourners and people moaning. And, uh, and he said to them, I want you all to get out. I want you all out, he just had the mum and the dad and he had the, um, the two of his disciples. Why did he have that? Because there needed to be a culture of faith in order for those things to happen. In order for Jairus' daughter to be raised. He, that's Jesus we're talking about. We need a culture of faith, a culture of faith where people do come into this place and because it is so in our character, so in our veins, so in what we do as a church that we see people heal just because they walk in the room because that's what our culture is. That's what our character is as a church. And so... My prayer today is that we grow in our faith, and I suppose I'm going to jump off the deep end a bit. One of the things that they were saying, that um, how you grow in your faith, uh, you, they, um, up at the conference they had lots of people with words of knowledge. Now you may not know what a word of knowledge is. A word of knowledge really is when you say to God, uh, tell me God, um, what's going on here? Or what are you doing here? So God may give you a word of knowledge that says there's somebody here with a earache or somebody here with something going wrong with their back. And uh, you step out as a person of faith and you say, I believe that this is happening. And then... then that person can respond. Uh, One of the things that I learned when I was little uh, was we, uh, I was was about eight when I had my first kind of word of knowledge and I felt like there was a pain in my nose and I knew that the pain never normally was there because I didn't have a painful nose normally so I knew that it was something God was saying and so I stepped out and I said I think there's somebody with some pain here and there's a lady with sinus problems that got dramatically healed that day and I was about eight years old. And uh, so sometimes word of knowledge can come when you feel a pain or you feel, or you, or you feel like there's somebody here with nightmares or do you, there's a word dropped into your head about something that's going on. And so I thought, right, okay, why don't we step out in faith today? Why don't we ask if God wants to do any healing here today? Because we might as well start somewhere, mightn't we? So um, (laughs) I'm going to step out myself. And I wonder if we can all just close our eyes. And I wonder if you can just say to God, God, is there anything that you want to say? Do you want to give me a word of knowledge about a healing or something? Just a word. And just ask God if he wants to... Uh, bring healing to anybody and I'm not asking for a long thing I'm just asking for a word so just ask God that